I'm Dawn. And I'm Ashley. We would like to welcome you to the Work It, You Are Worth It podcast. Where two friends sit around and talk about healing, growth, and healthy relationships. Hey, Ashley. Hey, hey, Dawn. How are you? Oh my God, I am amazing. It has been an amazing few days. I have been on the beach two out of the three days. I was at the pool the other day. It's Oh, I'm so exhausted. I'm so tired. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I've got so much vitamin D that I just feel amazing. That's so nice to hear. I'm happy to hear that. It is nice to be out, especially in the sunshine, for sure. Oh, yesterday was, we went and it was, the high was 84. I was in Clearwater. It was 84 degrees. There was just enough clouds at sunset. And it um, it just was a perfect beautiful breeze the day just you never got hot you got in the water it wasn't it wasn't cold it was just a perfect it was the perfect day to be at the beach not crowded so it was yeah it's always fun to be at the beach on the perfect beach day for it sure it really is it really is so uh so that's how i am i'm i'm feeling very good so how was your week it's been a lot of fun, a lot of uh, work, like physical, like work, work, like actual job work, and just you know the same day to day as always, taking yeah. care of the house and the kids and going to work. And that's not a bad thing. No, nothing bad has happened. Nothing negative has happened. Ooh, ooh, actually, woo! I'm so happy I get to announce it now. <laughs> my daughter, my oldest daughter, is having a baby. Yay! Congratulations! Yeah, so we just had to wait for her to get to the point where she was ready to announce it, and she made her announcements um, this past week. So, yeah, so she's due in December, and uh, I'm going to be a grandma. I don't have any words to explain how exciting that is. So how does it make you feel? Excited. (laughs) Anxious in a good way, right? Like anticipation. Yeah, at this point, that's how I I'm, I am anticipating holding my grandbaby, and I'm super excited to meet him or her, and I can't wait to see my daughter be a mother. I can't imagine. I uh, well, I'll never be able to imagine. I do not have daughters, um, but I can't imagine <laughs> that the. I just can't. I to see my kids be parents to understand the love that I have, that is so unique to being a parent. And to be able to witness that for them, um, I, I can't imagine. I, I would be just, so, oh, my God, I would be bursting at the seams. Yeah, you know, and it's strange because that's one of those things that we don't imagine very often, right? Constantly we imagine our kids being this or our kids doing that. But to imagine our kids as parents is not something I think very many people do very often. I know I don't. I did with Dylan. I do... I do with Dylan. Dylan is very much like I, he's a very good, you know, he's a codependent. Um, (laughs) And he has always wanted to be a parent. That is, he's always wanted to have a a child. He, um, that is just something that has, was never, has never been a question in his life. Now, I'm not saying it will happen or it won't, but he, I've thought of him. He will be an amazing father. My grandchild will be, will be very, very blessed 
to have him as a as a father. Absolutely. I think I, I I mean I know that my grandchild will be super lucky to have Destiny as a mother. I think all of my grandchildren will be lucky to have my kids as parents, but it's really hard for me to imagine especially Cameron, right? She's 11. Yeah. I don't know what she's going to be like as an adult. I have a really hard time imagining <laughs> her as a parent. <laughs> She looked super cute. I saw the pictures of her with her um, her little uh, concert, and she looked so cute. She looked so pretty. Oh, thank you. That was the other thing we did this week. Her Mother's Day was Sunday, and I took Cameron, and she got probably close to 14 inches cut off her hair. Oh, wow. I didn't realize her hair had gotten that long. It looked so cute. Yeah, it was down mid-shoulder length, and now it's, like, up above her ears. But it's amazingly adorable. It looks like if there was a girl that could rock short hair, she's it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was so cute. It looks awesome. It was so cute. So Thank you, yep. And then her band concert, that was amazing, too. It was was really cute. It was really cute. I'm going to... So, oh, yeah, so my son is no longer in school. Monday was his last day. congratulations (sighs) thanks um is jeb done yet when is his last day his last day is so june 9th is graduation day okay so colin is officially done with school but graduates may 30th so okay so yeah so they he'll finish school i think it's like may i think i want to say may 29th he finishes i might be wrong and then June 9th is graduation. Okay. Okay. So they I'm, may actually go until June 8th. How bad? I don't know exactly when the last day of school is. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it crazy not to know that? Because I don't know about you, but with Dylan, I knew exactly when it was. I knew everything. And mm-hmm. I, I had to call the school to, like, find out how num- many number of absences Colin had. Did he need to take exams? What are the rules? Am- because I am that disconnected and so non-controlling about it. Right. Like, with Destiny, I knew every single date, every time, every yes. award set. I knew it weeks in advance and had it in my calendar and requested time off and, like, very controlling with it. I was very controlling with it. Oh, me too. And it's very different because I did the full opposite with Jeb right like I'm not even sure when exactly his last day of school is and with Cameron who's my youngest I find myself being somewhere in the middle she had a concert yesterday and I knew about it a couple of weeks beforehand but I wasn't overboard about it I didn't remind her what to wear or anything you know yeah see and with Jeb I would have just forgot about it until the day of and then just hurried up and ran there after after work so that's interesting. You have a nice balance with the third one. I do, right? I So I went from one extreme and then to the other extreme. And then I was like, oh, wait, let me balance out a little bit. Yeah. And it's really funny because Jeb, he is so easygoing. That boy, I don't need to babysit him at all. He has straight A's. He loves ROTC is his favorite thing. He loves wearing a suit to school. <laughs> like the boy's making himself a cloak as we speak. This is, I, I don't have to babysit him. He, he you know what I mean? He has yeah. got a full-time job and he goes to school. And the worst thing with Jeb is that he doesn't like to do his chores. Destiny, my oldest, she was a little bit different when she was in school, right? I couldn't really give her the freedom because when I did, she would do things that she wasn't supposed to do. She would do things that she got into trouble for. 
And then with Cameron, I think recovery and, and CODA and doing this podcast and just my growth, it has allowed me to be a much healthier parent. It's so crazy. Just how recovery just changes everything. Isn't um, it? It is. Friday, Dylan and I did our speaker thing at his newcomer meeting. Oh, yeah. I spoke for a while. But what I really want to share with you is what he said. So, of course, I told, said my journey. And I really took the opportunity to be honest about my behaviors and actions pre-COVID or pre-COVID, <laughs> pre-CODA. For me, it was very much like, you know, I had just been in recovery a year when, two years when COVID started. So I was still at the beginning of my, like, real, you know what I mean? Kind of. Oh, yes. Where I was really getting into my groove during COVID. But, um, so I was very honest and I admitted I controlled, I manipulated him because now I had something that was going to love me unconditionally and I would be loved the rest of my life and I had something to love and feel complete when I, you know, when I had him. So I was, you know, I shared and I was honest. And when he got on, it was really cute. When he took his turn, he's like, you know, I'm Dylan. Um, if you haven't didn't figure out, that's my mom. And she, I, so when she's talking about Dylan, she's talking about me and he goes on and he's like, I was brought, I, you know, I was introduced in CODA because of my mom. And my mom's the, he's like, my mom's the coolest. Like, she's the best. But she was a helicopter mom. And I don't know. He's like, he stops. And he goes, well, I guess she just said it. So she knows. And it was just the cutest thing because you could see in his head. Like, you could hear him in his head being like, oh, she does know. She does acknowledge it. Processing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, she got it. Yeah. She heard it. She knows what she did. She knows it. Like, there was just this awareness. Like, oh. Because he thought I was just oblivious. But it's not something we've had this. And I believe higher power took over. And it was, we weren't supposed to really, there wasn't supposed to be that connection until now. Right. You know, and he's six months into his recovery. So it was just really interesting for him to actually realize that she does know what she she does know yeah there's just the awareness that he got and it just it really made me feel proud of myself to be able to give that gift to my son and be able to make that amends without making it a big production yes it was just a very simple I just owned up. I was just honest. He couldn't interrupt me. We weren't doing anything. We were sitting there, and he just had to listen. Right. And I just started rattling, telling my journey. And I don't know. It was just really interesting. And I, I will, um, side on the side, send you the conversation, but uh, if I can, if it's not too big. So it was just really interesting. Hmm. So That sounds like an amazing thing to have shared with your son. It really was. It really was. And you know what was funny? So that's, it seems like. Sorry, you know what was funny? Go ahead. So it was a CODA meeting. It was a newcomer meeting. I'm not going to share about the group, but there was, there was only a, like total five people. And I was, and that counted me. This, wow. this wasn't about HP. This wasn't about the group. That's what, that's the Right, it was about thing. you guys. It was. Had nothing to do with the meeting. Had nothing to do 
with newcomers or CODA. This was this had to happen for Dylan and I. And mm. yeah, it's just I don't know. It's, That's pretty powerful. It is powerful. So it, it I mean it sounds to me like you and I have both had some pretty powerful, pretty big weeks. I hope all the listeners have had an amazing week also. I know we had talked a little bit about what we wanted to discuss today. And one of the things that really hit home for me and rang true for me was how to feel our feelings. We've been talking a lot about feelings already this week. And it's funny because we did. We both knew what topic we were going to go, but it was there was a lot of feeling your feelings in there because it's important. It is. And so what does it mean to feel your feelings? For me, what feeling your feelings means is identifying, reflecting, and understanding, and then expressing how I feel in a, a healthy way. So for me, it's not one thing. It's, a, it's multiple things. So let's go over those multiple things. You said you, one at a time. You said it was identifying first. Yep. So, I think that's super important. Right. Name your emotions. Like, right. Well, so, and it's more than just five feelings. Angry, happy, sad, scared are not the only feeling. And if I can't put verbiage to my feelings, go online. I feel like it is super important to identify your feelings. Identify my feelings more than just those basic feelings. I don't feel like my significant other is cheating on me. That is not a feeling. My significant other cheating on me is an action. I cannot feel like my boss doesn't like me. That is not a feeling. I can feel insecure. I can feel jealous. I can feel not liked. Uh, I could feel unlikable. I could feel... There's things I can feel. There's feelings I can feel. But feeling like someone else is doing something is not a feeling. So identifying my feelings first, I think, is super, super important. So are you familiar with the feelings wheel? I am. So if you look at the feelings wheel, there is a center core of the feelings wheel. And there is only six feelings. Then it goes out to another. So, for example, let's say I'm going to use sad. So sad would be the core feeling. Then you have, I could be, when I'm feeling sad, I could feel guilty, ashamed, depressed, lonely, bored, or tired. Then it goes to another layer. Right, embarrassed or inferior or remorseful, right? It gets deeper and deeper as we get further into it. Right. I think it's important to narrow down that fourth outside part. My therapist actually told me about the, and like I knew it was there from classes, you know, taking psychology classes and all that. But until I started seeing my therapist, did I actually start using this? And actually, Colin has it and he gets called, she calls him on a lot. And even now, like he'll start getting worked up. Like I can like see his body, his face changing and so I can, I can see when he's starting to get angry or he's starting to get that ugh feeling. And I'll be like, you need to go to your feelings wheel. What are you feeling? Go to get your feelings wheel. Go look at it. Go think about it. And it is pulling that out because when you can, yes, I'm feeling sad. And it's really, it's about working backwards. It's not from the outside in. It's actually from the inside out. You got to start with the big feeling and narrow it down to the smaller feeling. 
So now, so identifying what we feel kind of goes along with, I don't know, I, I have to be able to feel my feelings in order to identify what I'm feeling. If I begin to get hurt and then I shut down, then I am not feeling my feelings. I'm not even identifying it. So let's go even backwards a step for further than where mm-hmm. we were just starting. And even before we identify our feeling, there's this physical sensation that we have. Before I even know what I'm feeling. Like, so for me, when I get angry, in the back of my head, right where my neck and my head connect, I get this pressure right before the anger comes, right before the acting angry begins, I feel that pressure. Mm -hmm. Right before the crying begins, I feel the pressure in my nose. Same in my chest, right? Before the, the anxiety and the worry creep in, before I start feeling that, I feel my chest get really, really tight. For some people, I have just come to an awareness that for some people, that physical feeling, instead of feeling that and then going into identifying our feelings, they shut it out right there. I never understood that before. But to shut it out right there makes it impossible to then truly identify what you're feeling and change it if if I want to change it. It's interesting because I am feeling, actually feeling. And when it says feeling, it means truly feel it in your body feelings. Feel your feelings. Physically. Physically feel your feelings. I used to, as well, would cut that off in advance because I didn't want to feel. I didn't want to because... Why? It, it hurt. I was scared. You were scared. That's scary. So I had someone tell me this week that the thought of feeling that physical sensation, which led into emotions, to them, it felt like somebody saying, here's a rope, go climb Mount Everest. Like they would start to feel that, I don't know, that chest tightening. Uh-huh. And immediately they'd be like, oh my God, it's going to overwhelm me. I can't feel that. Shut it off right now. The thought of feeling that was so daunting and so they thought it was going to be like climbing Mount Everest kind Mm -hmm. of task. It feels like it's going to break you. Right. But then when they finally sat down, I know for myself, when I finally sat down and allowed that physical feeling to pass through, I remember talking about forgiving my mom and moving past the stuff with my mom. And the panic attack and how I would start counting and I would start looking for colors and finding things to to stop the panic attack. And when I allowed myself to feel the panic and not run from it and not fight it and not hide from it, sit with it, truly identify it, and allowed my heart to race as long as it wanted and just sat there reminding myself that I'm okay as my heart raced and my eyes filled with tears, even though I wasn't actually crying. It only lasted about three minutes. And then it was gone. And I was like, whoa, that's it? I can actually process now? Wait, that... Wait, that was... I I spent 30 years hiding from this and running from this and 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 fighting this and all i had to do is three minutes of shitty feeling 
the messed up part is that I, I'm not joking, right? I, You're not. I'm dead serious. That's, that's really all it is. That's why I'm laughing because it's so true. Now, those three minutes, yes, were a short period of time. But in the beginning, it does feel like a really long time. It wasn't fun. No. But I can do anything for three minutes. I used to tell people when I was a dog trainer, I used to tell people, set the timer on your phone, on your wrist, on your watch or your phone or whatever for 15 minutes when you are training your dog. And when that 15 minutes goes off, if you're on a walk or whatever, you turn around and come back because I can do anything for 30 minutes. I can handle any amount of frustration for 30 minutes and keep my mindset okay. So if I can do that for 30 minutes and if I have that mindset and we're talking about three minutes for 30 years worth of emotions, 40 years worth of emotions, imagine how 30 seconds it would take to let the irritation at that guy at work go or at that girl at Starbucks. You know what I mean? 30 seconds of allowing that heart pounding or that wrist tensing and fist balling up and, and just allowing myself to feel it and then being like, all right, cool, it's done, I'm over it. Letting it go, okay, now I can think clearly through it and I can analyze my thoughts and move on to the next steps. And I think but that it, thing, great transition because that's one of the things I wanted to say was you're saying feel your feelings, feel it in your body for three minutes, 30 seconds, right? Feel that. But that doesn't mean it's start to finish in three yeah, minutes. Yeah, that's not the end. Yeah, that's definitely not the end of it, for sure. Because I can't, before, I could, I would, like you said, go to a store, get irritated. I'd feel it, you know, like, okay, feel it in my body. But then I would have to table it. Because I can't really process what triggered, what came up standing at the store. That is not a place to do that at because there's other things going on. Somebody bumps into me. Now I've lost my thought process has been interrupted and then I keep moving, right? It's, it's kind of taking that mental picture or right, jot it down on your phone, but you've got to remember to go back to it. When you're sitting in silence in that moment of when you're doing your work. Right. Well, so for me, I love to do it as soon as I Same. can after feeling the feeling right so typically I'll feel my feeling so a couple weeks ago I talked about the person who wouldn't talk to me at work and I went and sat in my car and I cried so in that moment I sat in my car I physically felt my heart pounding I felt the lump in my throat and then I validated what I was feeling yes I identified what I was feeling I feel sad and I actually, I'm going to pull my feelings wheel out so I can go from there. So, right. So first I feel sad. Obviously I'm sitting here crying. So now I feel sad. Why do I feel sad? Like what's the next one from there? It was hurt was what I felt. Well, from there is embarrassed or disappointed. And I think disappointed is what really played into it. I was disappointed that somebody was mad at me. Right. So I identified the actual feeling or I examined the thought, as I said a few weeks ago, and then realized, well, what am I disappointed about? I think that goes into the next step that you were saying. I agree with you what you're saying. It's like this isn't like, OK, because if I'm in the store and I get irritated, I'm going to eventually go to my I'm going to have to go to my car. 
So right. when I get to my car, I can I can take that time and process it. I do some of my greatest work and my greatest conversations with my higher power driving down the road. But I agree, like when I get tripped, like something will happen at work. I'll get angry at work. I can't just continue the day working in that mindset because I'm no longer effective and I need to, by dealing with it in that moment, I'm getting real true feelings. If I, well, go ahead. I was just going to say, well, yeah, that and how did... How does it feel to be angry, right? To be irritated all day long. I don't want to feel angry all day. No. And unless you process it, you're going to. Right. And if I don't deal with it, right? So people will say, oh, I've been trying to let it go for an hour. I keep letting it go over and over again. And I just keep picking it back up. And a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times what I really think they mean when they say that is... I'm having trouble letting it go because I'm not examining it. I spent a week and a half feeling disappointed because that person at work wasn't speaking to me because I got them in trouble. And then I spent a 15-minute break, not even the whole break, probably five minutes or 10 minutes of that 15-minute break, allowing myself to feel it, identifying it, exploring it, and then being able to truly let it go. So you're talking, say, three minutes, or let's see, you recognized it. So we're going to say, we'll give you, we'll be a little generous. We'll say, what, a minute, two minutes in the instance? Yeah, of the actual, like, actual tears and actual physical feelings. Yep. So you've got the initial response when it happened, when you felt like you got mad. Right, I was like, oh crap, I need to go to my car now. Right, that, what, you're talking a minute max. Minute. I mean, it was probably 30 seconds from the initial onset to me walking to my car. Okay, so you got to your car. So, what, a couple minutes there? So you're talking now. Three minutes. Okay, so now you're four minutes in, and you're telling me for 10 minutes in your break. So in less than 15 minutes, it happened? Oh yeah, less than 10 minutes. Right. Less than 10 minutes. You got to a safe place. A safe place doesn't mean physical safety. You got to a place of being able to be alone to process it, a safe place. And you I you felt it. You let yourself emotionally release, physically release, and you processed why? Less than 15 minutes. And I'm being generous. And I let it go. And you let it go. 15 minutes. Out yes. of a 24-hour day. Yes. After spending a week and a half trying to force myself to let it go because I refused to accept that I was disappointed that he didn't like me. They didn't like me. So I'm looking at the feelings wheel, and I think it's really funny because when I think of work, anger, and then I started working my way out. And the next layer, hurt, threatened, hateful, mad, aggressive, frustrated, distant and critical so of course anger mean and at work i'm threatened that's what that means at work i feel threatened there's only two things it could be i'm jealous or i'm insecure and most of the time not all the time it's my insecurity that's that's isn't that interesting because i remember when we talked about not taking it personal and when we talked about your boss not air quotes not liking you because again that's her our thought on her feeling and we can assume her feeling but 
that's exactly what our conclusion came uh-huh. was is that it's it's self-doubt it's yeah. it's self-confidence and so then we weren't I wasn't looking at the feelings wheel right now I'm looking at the feelings wheel and it's very clear when I take it one step at a, t- at a time anger fear surprise happy sad disgust and I take it one step at a time and I'm now okay I'm, I'm mad why there's only eight options that it can be when I'm mad well I got to put it into one of those so if I get angry at somebody let's say I'm, I'm out with I'm out with the girls we'll use any oh better yet I'm out with my, I'm with my partner and I get okay. angry at my partner yeah okay there's a, so I think my feelings wheel that I'm looking at might be a shade different than yours okay because there, there, there are so many out there. You just definitely have to find the one, everybody, listeners, you have to find the one that works for you, but it should have multiple layers. Yes. I see the majority of them are all four layers, and typically it starts with one, and then it goes to several from that one. And it gets more um, and right deeper. Right, yes. It gets deeper as it goes out the layers. So... For my angry, so if I'm out with my significant other and we get angry, mine has let down, humiliated, bitter, mad, aggressive, frustrated, distant, or critical. And it would really depend on the situation. So what you were getting ready to have one, what one did you have? So I was going to go with critical because I tend, when I get angry with, and I'm thinking about my past relationship in particular, I would get angry with him because I was being critical of him. And when I'm being critical of him, it only leads to I'm being either skeptical or I'm being, it says skeptical or sarcastic is the next layer. Mine says skeptical or dismissive, which I think sarcastic and dismissive are one in the same. They really are. So I was skeptical of, of him and our relationship and dismissive of, honestly, of him. Of his feelings, of his, hmm. That's a bit more than you thought it would be, huh? Yeah, right. It's and I, but that's that's the point of this. That's why we examine our thoughts. That's exactly. why we examine our feelings. And look, even the good ones are on this feelings wheel. Oh, right. Let's go to happy. So, let's go to happy. Let's, Let's do it. I'm happy. I am super happy that I'm going to be a grandma. So, so why? What's the, okay, so your next layer, what is, there's multiple, what is, what's the next one? Ooh, optimistic or playful. No playful, not yet. Optimistic. Okay. Proud. Proud, that's it. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. So then I'm also proud. I'm both okay. of them. And, and you can be more than just one, right? So take it to the next layer of those two. Okay, so optimistic. Well, and this is even more because that leads to both hopeful and inspired. And when I think about my daughter having a baby and my grandbaby, I am both hopeful and inspired. And on mine, under optimis- optimistic, it says inspired and open. Right? You're open to what is about to come. I am definitely both of those things. Yep. And then under proud, it's important and confident. 
and under proud for mine is successful and confident. And I am 100% confident without a doubt that my grandbaby and my daughter and they are going to be amazing. And even her boyfriend, they're going to be amazing. Um, and I am absolutely feel as though I have been successful. Look and at my daughter. Right. And this is, an imp- this is an important time in her life, which is the one I said, the other one I said. And that is exciting for her. Absolutely. It's outstanding. And so I know you said you had four layers to yours. So once you get to your um, confident, inspired, what's, is there another layer deeper than that, outside of that? Um, so hopeful and inspired. No. Oh no. There's only three layers. I was wrong. My bad. Oh, okay. Okay. So mine's three layers as well. And I really, there are some that are four layers, five layers, right? But I think for, in reality, three layers is enough. I was going to say, after having just done this, the way that we just did with multiple situations, I don't know that I could really go a whole lot deeper with a full layer, you know? Yeah. I don't think I could either. Um, okay, I want to talk about this one. Fear is a core feeling. And then it goes out. Humiliated, rejected, submissive, insecure, anxious, and scared. Now, it's interesting. What I think is interesting about that is we're talking about fear, but isn't... I thought scared and fear was the same thing. Well, no, because I'm fear, I, I am in fear when a bear is chasing me. Mm-hmm. But I am also in fear when I'm worried about if my daughter is going to be a good mother. Right. So you're scared. I am in fear in both situations. Mm-hmm. If a bear was chasing me, I would be scared. Well, if I'm worried about my daughter's my daughter being a good mother, that's anxious. Okay. I'm worried. I'm not scared. So then the next layer. So let's use the your daughter, your the fear, the anxious, and then there's two. Worried and overwhelmed. Both. I mean, and I don't necessarily think overwhelmed is a bad thing, mm-hmm. right? It, in overwhelm, emotional, emotionally feeling overwhelmed, it doesn't necessarily lead to negativity. I think that's an important factor, what you're saying here, is and none of these have to only be negative. They can be positive, too. I can be overwhelmed in, in, in a positive situation. Like, shit, having a baby is an overwhelming situation, but that doesn't mean I'm not excited. Exactly. Like, I I can say I do feel overwhelmed. I absolutely, my daughter is almost 21. Uh, Her and her boyfriend have not been together a very, very long time. That doesn't change the fact that I love him and her, and I am very proud of her and very confident in her. There is overwhelm in worry and worry. And there is overwhelm in not expecting it, kind of the shock of it and feeling those feelings about it, processing, I guess you would say. But that overwhelm isn't like a, oh no, it's going to be so terrible. That overwhelm is more like a, this is going to be difficult. That's okay. She's got it. This is mm-hmm. going to be difficult. That's okay. He's got it. This is going to be hard. That's okay. They'll figure it out. Like it's, it's more of an overwhelm of, multiple things coming in at me in my own brain at one time than it is an overwhelm of worry or fear or they're not good enough. You know what I mean? I do. So I was reading something in psychology today that 
and it's talking about positive emotions and negative emotions. And I want to get your thoughts on this. We'll talk about positive emotions first. And it was positive emotions feel good. They're perceived as physically, psychologically, and socially that your needs are within reach, right? It's a good thing. And what they said is those that positive feelings or positive emotions it motivates you to have a an have approach behaviors so it bring it wants you to bring it closer to you negative emotions or negative feelings is your body's alarm system and it's perceiving a threat and it motivates avoidance behaviors so pushing away so it's not at all about the feeling itself being good or bad it's 100% about my perception to the feeling based off what I've lived in my past. Yep, exactly. A negative feeling is a, per a perception of a threat. That doesn't mean it's true. It's my perception. And my perception could be different than your perception. What you might interpret as a negative feeling might not be a negative feeling for me. Right. And, and that kind of goes with, like we were saying, in not taking it personal a few weeks ago, just because you think it's a bad thing doesn't mean I think it's a bad thing. Just because I think it's right doesn't mean you think it's right. Exactly. It's all about perception. It all comes back down to how I am willing to view what I am looking at. So the next process, we've named our emotion, we've felt it in our body and I real quick I so I think that is very it is it's very important and part of that is knowing I used to not be able to do this now I can instantly do it I know exactly when I feel happy when I feel sad when I I can feel it in my body um, there is knots when I'm in when I have um, negative feelings my, my body tightens up my chest tightens up talked about anger for me it's and we talked about this in a few podcasts ago it um, starts in my back or it starts in my core goes to my back and works its way up positive feelings I feel very light I'm not tense I'm not in like I'm not in knots it's a very light feeling one of the other things that we should be doing is should we, we should be tracking our feelings right that's kind of what I do at night a lot of times and I do it throughout the day but sometimes if I'm at work and I'm busy I might not be able to really like step back and look at my like look at my day or look at what happened so at night I'll I'll step back and I'll lay in in bed and I'll talk to higher power and usually if I ask for hey let's I you know I just want to reflect on the day things that happened is there you know what could I have done better what could I've what did I, you know, what happened, what occurred, what did I feel? You know, he's going to bring it to me. And part of that tracking our feelings is I know my, it's my, for me, it's my manager that creates those, that feeling for me. It's not my job. It has nothing to do with my job. My job I could care less about. Like not in a, you know what I mean? Like that doesn't give me stress. But my manager is something that very much does. If any situation that I feel not good enough, I feel insecure, that could be with friends, that could be with my romantic partner, a, a romantic partner, that can be with my children, that can be at the store. 
But I need to really try, like the importance of tracking it, what I see is that's learning what situations for me cause me anger or disgust or sadness, happy. And then I can start seeing similarities or seeing connections to be patterns. patterns. And without being able to identify these patterns, I get angry today. But I don't look at it and really take note of what made me angry and what that underlying feeling was. Well, then when it happens again, and I don't look at it then, you have to look at it so you can find those patterns because that's how you get through it. Because once Right, I, I, can't, I can't just say my manager made me angry. My boss doesn't like me, and so she pisses me off. Right. I can't just say that. I have to be able to look at it and say, why am I angry? I is the key word there because it has nothing to do with her. It's all about me. A lot of times what I'll do is, why am I angry? Well, because so-and-so talked to me in such and such a way. Okay, why did that make me angry? Yep. The five whys. And sometimes you need seven whys, and sometimes you only need three whys. But basically, the rule of the five whys so is you're that you saying ask why. Not the five whys, the five Ws, are you saying? I want to clarify. No. Okay. Five whys. All right. You ask so you ask why five times. I feel angry. Why? Well, because so-and-so is not talking to me. Well, why does it make you, right? And so the answer becomes the next why. So why does it make you angry that so-and-so is not talking to you? Well, because they're my friend and they're supposed to talk to me. Well, why are your friends supposed to talk to you? Well, because... I don't know. Like, so you get to five whys and you get down to the root cause of why am I really angry? I'm not angry because my friend is not talking to me. So I'm, I'm actually going to pick up where you stopped. Okay. Okay. So, so I want you to ask that question again. Why is my friend mad? Okay. So wh why are you angry? So because, because my friend, you're my friends aren't talking to me. Okay, well, why does your friend not talking to you make me make you angry? My question but then would be to myself is, why does it matter if my friends talk to me? Because that's the thing. What, what does it matter? Right. If someone... right. Why, right, why does it matter? Why does it make me angry that they're not talking? Well, because I need to what have their attention. I don't, right, I don't, I guess that doesn't work for me because if my friend didn't talk to me, I wouldn't necessarily get angry. Right, same here. Other things. Okay, so so, it's, so it makes it hard for me to ask the five whys. So let me ask you this. Why, why do you need the attention? Why do you need the ten attention from somebody outside of yourself? Right, that would be the next question, exactly. right? Exactly, exactly. So typically if you ask, so that, that's the theory behind the five whys. So the theory behind it is if I ask why, five times with the answer to the original why being the question for the second why, then I will get to the root cause. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, for me, asking those questions, asking those whys would come down to, if they don't talk to me, they're going to leave me. Right. I'm, for you, if you had asked yourself that same exact question that many times. Exactly. Right. It, it's That's what it comes down to. And there's where it has nothing to do with anybody else. And so then I can look at it as, I'm afraid somebody's going to leave me. Why am I afraid somebody's going to leave me? Well, Right. And now you can deal with that. Exactly. Because in my past, my little Dawn felt very much alone and abandoned. And I'm afraid that that would happen again. But there's the thing. That's the little Dawn thinking. 
That isn't the adult Dawn because the adult Dawn knows just because they don't talk to you, that has nothing to do with anything. So when I feel that way and I think that way, that is my little girl talking. That is the little me talking, the scared little girl talking. Right. What were the original ways to feel our feelings again? So first was physical feeling, identify. Yep. And then track. Track. Yep. We talked about tracking. And then, oh, sorry, pay attention to your body. That was kind of goes along with learning and and physical feeling. Yeah. And then express your emotions. That was the next one I was going to talk about, too, is express your emotions. So for me, I think expressing my emotions is different than physically feeling my feelings. When I am physically feeling my feelings, I am sitting in my car crying because this person is not speaking to me. When I am expressing my, my emotions, I am talking to you about how I was able to let this go. So wh- after or after spending a week and a half, on, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes, I like do. expressing my emotions for me means talking to someone and, and verbally putting out there what I physically felt. OK, so I want to ask you a question. Would you go to your mom to do that? No. OK, why? Sorry, I love you, mom. But expressing my emotions is not something my mom is like, like she's not a, that's like going to the hardware store for milk. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. My mom is not a, she expresses her emotions to me. And, and when I have happy emotions, I can express those to her, but my mom doesn't do well with negative feelings from others. She kind of takes them on herself. So I would not, I would not express my emotions to my mother. Okay. Would Um, you express your emotions to the sales clerk at Walmart? (laughs) No. Okay. Would you express your emotions to a coworker? That depends on the situation. So yes, in certain situations, I will. So like as a supervisor, sometimes I need to express my emotions to someone. Hey, I don't appreciate you sitting over there on your phone in the corner of the room. I need you to come over here and do the things that you're supposed to do. Or hey, I am really frustrated that I have to tell you this over and over again. This is a verbal warning. This is not okay. I have to express my emotions at work to people sometimes. What but about work a, is... What about a coworker? Just somebody that's your... Like, you're literally a peer coworker. No. I don't express my emotions with coworkers on a personal level because it is work. It's professional versus personal. I think there's a very large line between the two what about your children yes (laughs) my children probably get the blunt of my emotions honestly brunt is the word i meant my children probably get the brunt of my emotions so when i feel angry in the moment when i feel frustrated like my son didn't do his chores you guys have heard me mention that a lot (laughs) so so i feel frustrated i walk in the door from work and i see the kitchen is still a filthy mess and my son is in his bed on his phone and has been for three hours and i immediately get frustrated and my typical reaction is to holler his name and get your butt in here and do these chores you freaking know better rah 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 i express my emotions to him what about nick Yes, I, I, I definitely express my emotions to Nick in many, 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 many ways. Um, honestly, I probably express more emotions to Nick than I do 
any other person in the world, be that positive and or negative emotion. I would say, yes, my children probably get the brunt of my frustration emotions, right? My little emotions in the moment, typical parent kid things. But as far as just general of expressing emotions, he, he definitely gets more of an emotions expression from me than anyone else in the world. So I went through that list of a grouping of people, the different groupings. It was no, no, no. And then the closer I got to home, you started saying yes. Yes. I think that's the thing is we have to be able and we have to express, express our emotions and feelings to people that are safe. Now, just because I feel safe expressing my feelings to my, my children doesn't mean I should take all my feelings to my children because they also have a, the feelings I have at 52 are not going to be the same feelings. The scenarios, right, are not going to be the same that they have at 30 or 18. Or even my significant other for that matter, exactly. right? Like. You asked about Nick, and while yes, he gets more emotions than anyone else, more expression of emotion than anyone else, I tell him more about my feelings, not just physically feeling it in his presence, but also expressing what I have felt throughout the day to him. There's a lot of feelings that I don't tell him about or I don't express to him because while it is important for me to express my emotions... It is also important for me to be considerate. So I don't need to tell Nick that I was frustrated that he cut his hair. It's his hair. If he wants to cut his hair, I do not need to put my feelings on him about his hair. That is his business. So what if I didn't like it? That's my opinion. I can keep it to myself. I don't need to shove it down his throat. So I think it is important for me to be considerate of who I am expressing my emotions to and what emotions I am expressing to them. If I have not worked through my emotions before I begin expressing them, I cannot possibly be considerate of the other person. And I think that is one of the biggest things that I've learned is to take a moment instead of when they walk in the door. Um, I don't know if Nick got a haircut, but I'm going to use it because you said it. Um, <laughs> He did not. Okay. Well, if he did and we didn't like, if you didn't, we didn't like it. Let's say he walks through. What'd you do to your hair? Like, right. That would be something that could easily open your mouth and it comes out. Yes. But instead, it's learning to take a beat. Learning to, they walk in the door in your head. So it's doing this whole, hmm. Okay. And processing it for a moment. Like, Okay, how does this affect me? Well, it doesn't affect me because it's his hair. Okay, I don't have to say anything. I don't like it. I don't have to lie. I don't have to, if he asks me, how do you like my hair? I don't have to say I love your hair. I can say I prefer it cut the other way. Yeah. But it's your hair. I don't, I don't have to be inconsiderate. Exactly. And that's what I think. The way to not be inconsiderate is to take a beat. Take a pause and think about your words and formulate your words before you open your mouth. Yes. I think it's important to take a sidetrack here and talk about this for just a minute because 
it's important to not be inconsiderate. And a lot of people don't quite get what that means. How often have you just, I, I know I have, how often have you just looked at somebody and been like, oh, I didn't even consider that. Yep. And how often have we made a call for something that felt right for us, but didn't even think about how that might impact people we love? The definition of being inconsiderate is to give no thought to whatever it is before making a decision. That's not like, that's not somebody intentionally trying to hurt somebody else. That's just not thinking about it. And that alone is being inconsiderate. So pause and think about what I'm going to say and how that could affect somebody before I say it is the only way to be considerate. So I told you a couple weeks ago, I'm reading this book, this, the book about shame by Brene Brown. I thought I was... Yes, I'm excited to read it. It's a, she's using an example in the book about infertility problems. And if I told you I was having infertility problems, what would you say to me? I would say I'm so sorry to hear that. Do you want to share it with me? Okay. What would you have said before? Ah. And you don't have to answer it. I can tell you. Can No, you. you're good. I'm just considering what I would have said. I'm just yeah. thinking about it a little because I'm not. I probably would have said something like, oh, that sucks, man. I know so-and-so that couldn't get pregnant and they did this and this and this and it really helped. So... That's exactly what she, a very, very, there was a whole bunch of things, but that was a big one that she said is a very shaming comment. Mm -hmm. Like you, that, like, that's like, I did something to cause me not to get pregnant. And if I just did this, then I could get pregnant. And just in that little example is a very good point of being inconsiderate of what someone else is going through. Your initial response was, I'm really sorry. Would you like to share your, you know, would you like to share it with me? Would you like, you know, let me, whatever, you know, like what I can't remember exactly how you said it, but I think right. that do, was, do you want to tell me about it? Right. Do you want to share? I don't, yeah. I mean, something of that nature. Exactly. Yeah. Because now it's there and it's sit back and listen. That's being considerate is listening, asking someone to let them share. If you want to, I'm sorry, you know, you want to talk about it. And let them decide. And if they don't, don't. Yes. And I think that, so I want to talk about both sides of being considerate versus being inconsiderate. Because you can take being considerate too far and you can take being inconsiderate too far. So if I am overly considerate, then I assume how someone's going to feel based off what I might say. And I change my words to match something that I think will make them happy. That is being overly considerate. Mm -hmm. Being properly considerate is I'm getting ready to tell someone how I feel or I'm getting ready to tell someone this. What will that make them feel? Or what what should, what could, what right? What can I within reason think that would cause someone to feel? And do I need to say it still? Well, but 
especially, I mean, how do you know what somebody's going to feel? Like, you're saying, like, I need to consider, I need to think about, I need to, like... I mean, I don't know how somebody's going to feel ever. However, you can look at someone and tell... Okay, let's let's use Nick again. Sorry, Nick, I love you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's use Nick again. I share my emotions with Nick all of the time. Let's say one of my emotions today is insecurity. Maybe I'm worried that he's getting ready to relapse. Maybe I'm having a bad day and the joke that he made caused me to think that he was going to go out and start drinking again. Um, and I processed that and I've now worked through those feelings and I'm not so worried about it anymore. I am going to consider how me feeling that and sharing it with him might make him feel before I share it. Might he not care? Sure, he could not care. It could not bother him at all. Could it hurt his feelings and make him feel like I don't trust him? Could it make him angry and make him feel like he did something wrong? Could it, not only could it do all of those things, but do I still feel it? Is this something that I felt for a minute or a second and then it just passed so I don't need to share it? Or do I still feel it? All of those things I have to think about before I decide whether or not I need to share. And I think that's you because whether I need to share, because sometimes we just shouldn't share. Sometimes we should just keep our mouths shut. Absolutely. And sometimes, even though it's going to upset them, we should share. Exactly. There's no right or wrong as long as we are making a considerate decision. Ashley, I think I would love to actually, which was something we haven't done yet. This will be the first time we do it. Um, I really would like to make to do a part two on feeling our feelings because we've talked a lot about what happens when I feel my feelings. But what happens when we start feeling other people's feelings? And so, Ooh. yeah, right? So Yeah, I'm really big at picking up on other people's feelings. So am I. So let's do a part two. Feeling your feelings part two. All right. Next week, feeling your feelings part one. This week, feeling your feelings part two next week. Oh, I'm so excited. Me too. This is going to be awesome. All right. What a great night this has been. This has. Listeners, I will link, I will find some sort of feelings wheel to link in the um, uh, description for the the podcast so you um, have one. And so you can pull that up. Um, obviously, you can Google it. It's, it's worth Googling and having readily available because it is something that helps process your feelings. So check that out. Check out the, the website at workityouareworthit.com. And till next time, feeling someone else's feelings. Yes, I hope everybody has a wonderful week. And uh, it's been so great sharing with you all. Good night. Night. We would like to thank you for joining us on this journey of self-discovery. Visit the Work It website at workityouareworthit.com to submit your questions and topics for future episodes. And remember, work it because you are worth it.